everyone, and welcome to episode five of Badland Girls. So somber of a beginning. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I'm Rhea. And I'm Destiny. And we promise the rest of this podcast won't be as somber as that weird beginning. I brought some weird energy into this already, and I don't know why I did it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay. Like It's okay? Okay. We I had that surgery... Uh, yes. So, like, you had, felt like you had to be some, but no, we're back. So we should be partying. We should be celebrating. Yes, let's party all the time. Party Covid's the time. over. No. <laughs> the world. The world just keeps getting better every day. <sighs> it doesn't. The only good oh, thing man. about this year is that I don't have a uterus anymore. <laughs> I swear. How do you? Okay. No, let's that's... let's do some surgery chat. I want to do surgery chat right up top. Okay. And I want to. I want, to, I want you to tell me how it went from, like, getting to the hospital, recovery, everything. Oh, well, okay, let me amend that. The best thing about this year has been restarting this podcast. And then the second best thing has been getting rid of my uterus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, I'll just start from uh, not the beginning. Because I told a story about having the cramps and my doctor saying, like, oh, your fibroids are a problem. Yeah. Uh, so then... Uh, I went to the hospital August 12th and they um, put you in a room and they just make you watch TV and then a bunch of people come in and tell you what's going to (laughs) happen. So so I'm sitting there. I forgot it was like that. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't even remember anything after that. Like, I I, I remember that and then just waking up. Like, it was weird. Like, I was watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air my dad a great was, show to watch yes oh yeah it was great it was that and golden girls were the two shows that i watched because there's nothing on at like five in the morning but like other tv shit like old tv shows yeah because it was like five or six in the morning that i got there and so i i'm just my dad is sitting to the left of me because he insisted like th- this is somebody that hasn't been in my life for like <laughs> the bulk of it but we're like kind of talking again so he was like, I want to be there. So I'm like, all right, you can be there. And so he was there and he mostly just watched TV on his phone while every doctor I've ever had came into the room and was like, all right, we're going to put you under and this is what it's going to be like to be put under. And here's the weird mouthwash. And hey, do you want a case for your glasses? And please strip down and uh, we're going to go over all your medications and put this robe on you and da 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 So they give you this mouthwash that's supposed to protect your lungs? Okay, but how does it do that if you don't swallow it? Because you didn't swallow it, did you? No, that's okay. the part I don't get. But it's like, a, they told me it was to protect my lungs, but I can't find anything. Like, I'm Googling it. The only thing I can think of is they don't want any bacteria in your mouth during the operation, which makes sense. But I wasn't getting like dental surgery. It was all below the belt. (laughs) This is I've never heard this before. So this is fascinating to me. Like here, swish this mouthwash. It'll protect your pussy. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't I don't get it. But yeah, so uh, they did that. And then, you know, they ask you all your meds. They put the uh iv in and i don't remember anything all i remember is i woke up i felt like i had been hit by a truck of course 
I was in the coldest room in America. <laughs> it was so cold. And then they I give feel, you like this. Oh, go on. I feel so bad because because they do keep everything really cold to kind of like help, you know, not be have it be a germ factory. But you're always so cold. It must have been awful. Oh, well, I mean, you're only cold for a little bit because okay. they give you a heated blanket immediately. <laughs> like as soon as you're like, I'm cold. They're like, oh, we'll cover you. We'll cover you to the point where I was like warm. Oh, good. So it, it, it was okay. It wasn't very long, but I was uh, suffering in that regard. Now, the pain. <laughs> oh, it was the worst pain. Oh, uh, shit. Not to scare anyone. It was just like, essentially, nothing helped that they were giving me. They were giving me, like, ibuprofen and oxycodone. Uh, trigger warning for pill talk, I guess. And... Uh, I was still just so uncomfortable. I kept crying. Like they <gasps> wheeled me to my room and I just kept saying, I'm so uncomfortable. And the whole day I was just in like horrible, horrible pain. And then the second day they gave me something in my IV for pain. And then ever like after that, all I needed was the ibuprofen. Oh, okay. okay yeah. That's good. Was, yeah. That was nice. Um, God, why was it so painful? Is it yeah, because I mean, did they inflate they something and there was gas trapped in there? Because sometimes that causes pain. Well, they didn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it was surgery. Just okay. I, my my body doesn't really. Okay. So like I have mild cerebral palsy and I'm in pain a lot. But pain pills don't actually do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's my body. Like I'm resistant to a lot of strong painkillers. Okay. Um, oh, Jesus. So I just think it was that. But. Every day was uh, it got better and better, and Good. it was so funny because, like you know, you're in the hospital. I was alone. Uh, I was in the hospital for three days. Um, my dad was there the first day, and we just talked all day. And I, he always tells me stories about like my early childhood, and there's just a lot of shit I don't remember. Like he told me that he went, he, we we went to see McGruff the Crime Dog. And he had examples of all the drugs and, like, drug paraphernalia. And I pointed to the rolling papers and I said, Dad, don't you have that at home? (laughs) What did he do? He just kind of laughed, embarrassed, like, tried to make sure nobody could hear. And he told me he used his drug-selling money to, like, put me through Catholic school. Oh, my God. Like all this, just all this stuff about my early childhood. Like I was almost born in California because he like joined the Navy and got kicked out immediately. But we yeah. <laughs> almost moved to California because he was in the Navy. Um, And like he was just telling me all of this stuff. So it was like really intense. Uh, But it was nice to catch up with him because like, like I said, we don't actually talk that much. And I'm glad that he was there and he was a big help. Um. And then the second night, I was bored out of my mind. Like, the, I couldn't find anything to watch. And then one of the nurses came in. And I had, like, the best nurses. Like, I don't know. Uh, let me give a shout-out to the Methodist Women's Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> the best nurses. Um, all of them were great. I had a different nurse every day. And then, like, a different – I don't know what they call them. I think they're called CNAs every yeah, day. Yeah. Like. They, they team up and like they were great they were lifting my, my heavy ass and like taking me to the bathroom and stuff and it was great uh that was after I got the catheter out but anyway one of the nurses came in one night and I was just like oh there's nothing to watch and she goes well destiny I don't know if you're into this but 
Channel 90 is the true crime channel. Ooh. And I said, oh, honey, you said the magic words. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched true crime. Okay, so immediately after I got out of the hospital, which, by the way, the pain got better and better each day. So, like, I was not... By the time I got to my grandma's on that fourth day out of the hospital, uh, after or fourth day after the surgery, uh, I wasn't in that much pain. It, like, hurt to walk. It hurt to cough. But it wasn't excruciating. Um, but anyway, so I get to my grandma's, and she has cable. So I watched the ID channel exclusively (laughs) just every time my grandma walked in what are you watching well this guy murdered his wife this guy murdered his girlfriend this guy hired someone to kill his so-and-so it was just disgusting how much true crime i imbibed every time i got a phone call and people would be like what are you up to well i'm watching this documentary about jeffrey dahmer and all the sad uh, cases of people that he because I didn't know that Jeffrey Dahmer like focused primarily on men of color yeah he lived in the neighborhood that was predominantly uh, people of color and he used that to his advantage I read about that recently in the last podcast on the left book and it was very I sad I need to read that yeah it was really sad because like the show I was watching it went through every single victim and so they would show their pictures and they were all like young black or Asian men. And I was just yeah. like, this is so horrible. I, I didn't know. realize. I mean, like, I know that was just like who he preferred romantically and it kind of crossed over to who he preferred to murder. And it's just sick. It and is. he, It's weird how he because they had that interview with him, the one where he famously says, that's when the cannibalism started. Yeah. And he's so self-aware talking about all these horrible things he did. I know. And yet, it's like, but why did you do them? Uh, but that's like a whole, yeah. So, um, Side note to this. Uh, if you're, you mentioned somebody who hired someone to kill their, their girlfriend. If you're hiring someone like a tit liquid to kill your significant other <laughs> you need you need to really sit down and examine like you need to examine how you got choices. to this point like how did it get this far i guess my thing is is murdering them really going to solve your problems <laughs> yeah. like murder doesn't ever solve problems it just causes more problems like exactly um <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> I, destiny and ria out here with the hot tips hey kids don't murder don't hire anyone. To Murdering murder. is bad. Uh, I don't fuck with the McElroys anymore, but Tit Liquid is still my favorite Mabim Bam bit. <laughs> that I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'm 100% here for that. Um, oh, oh, okay. So after a hysterectomy, like they're like, you have to cough so you don't get pneumonia, and you have to what the yeah, because getting pneumonia is like one of the side effects of being in the hospital like you're really high at risk for it because you're not moving and your your body's still kind of like getting back into the groove of being a body after like the long sleep and the um traumatizing cutting that they do to you and removal of organs uh this isn't Mm -hmm. scientific i don't actually know why but i assume it has something to do with that so those are the two most painful things that you can do (laughs) so it took a a team of two nurses to like get me up and walking 
Uh, and then when me and my grandma were together, my grandma would always have to hold on to me and I'd hobble around the table because, like, I have to get my strength back. And so, like, that was really hard. But now I'm doing fine. It was just, like, it, it's been, God, almost six weeks since the surgery. And I'm, I'm doing really well. And for a full hysterectomy, they always say, like, oh, um... It takes six to eight weeks, and I felt pretty good by, like, the third or fourth week. I just wanted to be careful. Yeah, I understand. You always want to be careful with stuff like that. It's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. I, um, I'm really glad I'm doing well. Um, I guess I should say this. I didn't tell anyone in my family this, but I'm telling all my friends, and you're all my friends, Badland Girls listeners. Aww. But, uh, so, like... Mm, two weeks after the appointment, Rhea knows this. We were just talking about this. Uh, they they bring you into your doctor's office. And I was talking to my doc. My OBGYN was the surgeon. And he uh, was giving me the results of all the stuff they pulled out of me. Because I guess they test it and stuff. And he said, he like, <laughs> well, one, he walked in and he just said my name four times. And I just thought he was being dramatic because he's he's kind of a dramatic man. Like he's he's the girl, your fibroids are a problem, doctor. Uh, he goes, destiny, 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 destiny. Do you know how lucky you are to have had that surgery? And I'm like, I don't know how to respond to that. So I just kind of smile and I'm like, I, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, because I'm thinking no more periods, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, destiny, you were a year out from... Uh, we, we looked at the results of what was in your uterus and you were a year out from possibly getting a terrible cancer uh, called, I can't remember what it was called, something with an L that ended with sarcoma. It was bad. Oh and he's like, this cancer, uh, you have a 50% chance of even surviving it if you get it. And so we caught it just in time because you would have, a year later, you would have had to go through some You'd have to go through hell. So take life by the reins and just live it. This is my doctor talking. (laughs) That's what he said. Oh, my God. That's what he said. And I didn't even, it didn't even, like, sink in. I was just like, oh, okay, well, thank you. And he kept, like, doing this thing where he wanted to hug me. And he kept, like, kind of grabbing my uh, shoulder. And I, I kind of grabbed his shoulder back. And he hands me the paper that has all the results on it. And it's talking about this cancer. And I read through it and I get home and I just cried. Oh my God. <laughs> I just I cried and cried. I just can't even imagine. Oh my God. Yeah, it was scary. Like, cause I, I wouldn't have known. No. If I hadn't had that pain, those cramps, I wouldn't have known. So I'm really glad that I got my uterus out. I'm really glad. Oh, by the way, they ended up taking one of my ovaries. They did? Why? Uh, because it was bleeding. Oh, okay. So, like, I only have... I Everything's gone. The cervix is gone. The uterus is gone. The fallopian tubes are gone. And I just have one ovary left. So I don't have to go through menopause right now mm-hmm. or uh, anything like that. But Your ovaries I, I mean, alone in there talking about, like, I finally have time now. It just <laughs> broke its glasses. Can't read. Oh, what poor ovary. <laughs> Get some glasses for my ovary. <laughs> Kickstarter to get my ovary some new glasses. I need new glasses. Shit. Oh, girl, I need but new yeah, glasses so, too. 
I, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't feel safe going to an optometrist right now. Dude, I don't feel safe going anywhere. Like, I, I need a haircut, so I guess I'm cutting my hair again in my bathroom because <laughs> I just I just don't I, – I have such anxiety about, like, about, like, even going somewhere with masks on. Like, uh, Rob yeah. invited me to his house recently because he was going to um, project the new Bill and Ted movie on the side of his house. And, That's awesome. you know, everyone said we were going to be sitting outside. We're going to be sitting apart. We're going to be masks. We're going to be wearing masks. But I got so much anxiety just about that. I was like, I'm not ready yet. I'm like, I'm not in a mental place ready yet to do stuff like that. And he yeah, was, was totally understanding. But, you know, I can't do it. <laughs> I had a friend come in from uh, Arizona who I hadn't seen in months. And she was like, let's go get food and uh, you know, we'll wear masks. And I talked her into getting takeout and we went to a public park where there was no one and we just ate <laughs> our food <laughs> in an empty park because I couldn't, I still can't eat in a restaurant. Like I'm not, there's no reason for that shit to be open now. Like everybody's acting like it's over and it's not over. It's not even close to over. Yeah, I agree. It's just, I mean, just like I have to really kind of I notice just in these COVID times and I just have to be really like aware of my my mental health, because if I'm not, I feel like I'm I'm like I'm I think I'm doing okay, But then there's some incidents where I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm doing as okay as I thought. And I really have to make sure to like be kind to myself or else I'll just like fly into a panic. So I'm just trying to like be the kindest person I can and just be honest about my, like, I'm not ready to like meet up and hang out with friends yet. I'm baby steps, man. So. Well, I mean, it's it's still such a high risk activity. Like I only do things when it's one-on-one and even that is still kind of risky. You know, I totally get it. COVID talk. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Ugh, well, thank I you for telling it. me all about your surgery. And I am, I know I said this to you afterwards, but I want to say it on the podcast too, to all our, to all our friends on the podcast. I am so grateful that you have this surgery done and that you don't have to deal with any sort of cancer treatments or cancer inside you. That would have been terrible. And I, I don't Ooh. need you to go through that. <laughs> I don't think anybody anybody going through that right now you're fucking tough as shit yeah woo, woo, that's all i gotta say exactly so the only word i have for you is woo woo oh woo. boy well uh let's move on <laughs> to uh <laughs> destiny suggested we bring our regulars back and i was like hell yeah let's bring the regulars back so yeah let's start off with uh, the last movie you watched the last movie I watched, and this is so weird because I, okay, so I have this friend who got me into the web show, starring <laughs> Trixie, <laughs> that's the name of it, it's starring Trixie Mattel and Katya, two drag queens who were on RuPaul, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, and I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race anymore because RuPaul is kind of, well, actually a lot of a transphobe. Which and I don't so I get, kinda, but I I don't get that either. It's really sad. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, but a lot of people are showing their ass lately, and like J.K. Rowling, like, are you kidding? Yeah, J.K. Uh, J.K. Rowling, like, wow, 
she's been so turfy lately. I, I will I mean, say this side note before you continue on. I do feel like that plot leak of her latest uh, Cormoran Strike mystery novel is the final nail in the coffin, though. Oh, I didn't even know about that. I just know she's dead to me. Yeah. And Harry Potter wasn't even that good. Like, <laughs> I'm that girl. I'm like, it wasn't that good. I mean, I like it, like, but it's not like the end of the fucking world if I don't have to experience it or interact with it anymore. I think Daniel Radcliffe said it best. It's like, if you got something out of these books, don't let her ruin that for you. Exactly. Like, um, he said it way more eloquently than I paraphrased. But anyway, like, so I don't like RuPaul, but my friend got me into the show with two people who were on Drag Race, Katja and Trixie. And so... For some reason, there it, it's like a really low budget green screen show where it's just the two of them like sounding off on different topics, and they're just it's, it's essentially just a venue for them to be like really filthy and vulgar and have a lot of fun. It, it makes me laugh, and that's I need a lot of that now. Mm-hmm. And so I thought fo- I found on Netflix they had a documentary about Trixie called Moving Parts. So that was the last movie I watched. Um, was a little I don't know there wasn't a lot to it like she's a folk musician which I didn't know which was very cool she can like play the auto harp and the guitar and all this shit I only and knew she like, was a folk musician because Orville Peck uh, tweets about her music frequently on his Instagram stories or tweets he posts about Orville her music Peck? on Inst- oh you don't know who Orville Peck is oh shit no Orville Peck I'm old <laughs> Orville You're- Peck is a uh, current country, alternative country artist who, queer country artist who doesn't show his face. He wears a cowboy hat and like a Lone Ranger mask with um, tassels on that cover his face. And he has a voice that is reminiscent of like the, like the, the best kind of like country crooners. And he brings a real like amazing 50s-esque sad david lynchian energy to country music and i'm here for this so so obsessed recently with his stuff and just his image he his first album came out last year and then he had a ep just recently come out which has a duet with shania twain and he is just a lot he's just a really good country artist like if you like the kind of the music, if you like music that sounds like it would come from a David Lynch film, listen to Orville Peck because he is amazing. Okay, well, Orville Peck, uh, I'm gonna have to check check you out because yeah, never I I'm not up on any like new music or any like I'm just out of the loop. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Only with music, I feel like I'm pretty good at keeping up on a lot of shit. But I uh, anyway. So uh, the Moving Parts documentary kind of takes place where uh, Katya was going through some drug problems. And so their friendship was in a bad place. But as far as I know, they're they're doing the web series again and they both seem really happy and Katya's clean and uh, they seem to be having fun. So I'm really glad that she's doing well. Uh, And uh, my favorite thing about drag queens is just the way they can put a look together. I mean, I know that's like 
the most basic thing to like about a drag queen. But I love when there's a concept. Like, Trixie, her whole thing is, like, she's a Barbie doll. So she has, like, pink everything. And, like, she's also got this big Dolly Parton influence. And so her hair is always huge and to to the heavens. And I just, I don't know. I, I just really like her. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, I've watched one episode of Un. And from what I've seen of both her and Katya, I really like this trend. I, I, I don't know if it's a trend or not. I do not watch or follow uh, current drag uh, performances. But I love a drag queen that is really experimental with their look and is uh, more kind of like avant-garde than rather being straight up, what is it, fishy, as they call it. Um, yeah, that's a gross term. Yeah, I hate and, it. Because <laughs> I like Trixie Mattel because she looks very odd. Like, it's not like the way you would expect. She looks like a doll. Yeah. She looks fake. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and I like, uh, she said it, she said it best. She goes, I'm, I'm not trying to look like a woman. I'm trying to look like a creature. <laughs> what a great quote. Oh, my God. I want to look like a thing. And yeah, those are my favorite drag queens. Yes. The ones that are like, I just want to look weird. Yes. Anytime a drag queen like pushes to the limit and wants to like look weird, I'm like, I am all for it. Like a uh, kimchi. Uh, I kimchi is pretty great. Yeah. I feel like her thing is like really influenced like by anime and cosplay and it really comes across in her fashion and makeup. And I just, I love that. I love when they really push the limits of what drag can be. I love seeing more unique kind of kind of makeup and design and personalities and stuff. So I'm thinking I'm going to check this out. What was it called? Just Trixie Mattel? Uh, moving Parts. Moving Parts, Moving Parts. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, just shout out to Katya because my favorite thing about Katya on uh, is she always has like, she'll wear like a wig of just crimped hair <laughs> or just like, a wig that's shaped like a telephone. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, just uh, I can't get enough of it. Um, but that was the last movie I watched. What was the last movie you watched? Uh, the last movie I watched was The Boy. <laughs> the 2016 uh, PG-13 horror movie about uh, a woman who gets hired to be a nanny out in the English countryside <gasps> Is this that doll movie? It is this doll movie. <laughs> and then she finds out she's babysitting a doll who might be possessed. What? So. Questions. So this is a movie that is very entertaining. Uh, I'd put it about on the kind of like good level and scary level as The Ring, uh, which came out when I was in college. It's a good PG-13 horror movie. I could see a lot of like tweens being really scared of this movie uh i, well, I do want to say <laughs> that my mom thought the doll was beautiful and i'm like how because i love your mom that is so fucking weird oh shit that is so weird uh, i watched that it with my hilarious. dad which was hysterical and um i don't know i was very entertained by it it was a very simple story uh very straightforward uh, my mom told me later that you know it was made for a quote-unquote modest budget but it completely blew that budget out of the water in earnings uh so it was quite popular when it came out i know it has a sequel but i haven't seen the sequel yet i would like to 
But uh, yeah, it blows my mind that it was popular because I hadn't heard of it until I started seeing the uh, trailer on streaming sites. Really, really, <laughs> really yeah. And I was always like, "What the fuck is this movie?" I'm so glad you watched it because <laughs> I was dying to know if this movie was good or not because I could not tell. <laughs> it's just like a. It's like one of those like mainstream horror movies where it's like you know, oh, it's 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 entertaining, but it's not like truly that scary it has a few jump scares but i love any type of horror from like the popcorn one to the more deeper midsomar three-hour journeys uh (laughs) so i i very much enjoyed this and if you're looking for a um a movie to kind of watch in the spooky times that are coming you know ever so quickly upon us yay uh, I would recommend this one. I think it's a good one. <laughs> Ooh, I've got a couple of those. Uh, Spiral, which everybody keeps saying, it's like a gay get out, but it's really good. Like, don't just... I've never heard of this. What is this? Movies. It's a Shudder original, so you have to have a Shudder subscription, which is only like, well, if you have it, six ninety nine a month. Okay. Um, and Shudder is the horror streaming site, for those of you not in the know. And every... Halloween, they put out, like, a new movie every week to, uh, not, like, they're not always original. Sometimes they're, like, classic movies that they've discovered. They're they're curating movies, Mm -hmm. I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Spiral was one that Em and I watched last night, which was really, really good, um, about this gay couple in the 90s who move into this neighborhood where something weird is going on. And uh, just kind of ignore that I compared it to Get Out because, like, that was the big thing that everybody was comparing it to. And I don't think that's fair. Okay. It's kind of a different thing. Um, And then the other movie is this H.P. Lovecraft uh, adaptation called Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. Oh, I did hear about this. Was it good? It was surprisingly good. And this is somebody who, like, okay, I know H.P. Lovecraft is, like, the most racist man in the world. But, like, I really liked the short story. Uh, and the adaptation isn't bad. It's They kind of obviously modernize it and change some things around. Like, the protagonist is a witchy teenager girl. And Nicolas Cage is sort of, he just, you can tell he's having fun. He's chewing that scenery. He's chewing it up. But, like, it's about this meteorite that hits this family farm, their alpaca farm. And the meteorite slowly poisons the family and they just start losing touch with reality. And it's pretty good. <laughs> I actually, um, on streaming, my dad recommended a film to me called Die Monster Die. It came out in the 70s, I think, or late 60s. And it is an adaptation of the Colorado space as well with a very 60s really? uh, um, Roger Corman flair. But yes, uh my dad just recently told me about this. And of course, you know, these movies, like they never use the original title. And I don't know why of the adaptation they were doing. So that's because they'd get sued. Really? Is that why? <laughs> Aren't they like unauthorized? Yeah. I assume they're unauthorized. Maybe they're like, right. Yeah. Used to do all the, he would adapt Lovecraft and then give the titles like Edgar Allan Poe stories. Oh, my God. And all this shit. Like, He's very they did all kinds of weird stuff. I did watch the documentary about... Uh, his failed Fantastic Four movie he did, and that was fascinating. Oh my goodness! Oh wow, I didn't know that he uh, had tried to do one. Yeah, he. There was this other 
um, production company that was kind of shady that partnered with him. And they were like obviously rushing it for some sort of like nefarious reasons, mostly just being that they didn't want to lose the rights to it. So they like rushed, (laughs) they rushed through it. And then right when it was set to be released, they sold it to another production company because what was happening is that even though the movie didn't have a release date, all it had was a trailer, like people were lining up around the conventions to meet the stars. And then these dumb Hollywood producers are like, oh my God, people will pay money for a superhero movie. And so they were able, they screwed over the whole like production crew and cast just so they could make a buck. It's a really good documentary. What's it called? Doomed. <laughs> Cause that's, that's a, a good title. A, Yes, uh, that's a play on, of course, Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, I definitely, you know, I've been thinking about getting Shutter for a while because I just keep seeing people say there's such good content on there. And I, I think I need to bite the bullet and get it. It doesn't sound like it's that much. No, it's not that much. Um, I've had it for a couple of years now and I never, I always, what I used to do is only get it in October and then I'd cancel and then I'd get it back in October again. <laughs> I love But that. I've had it throughout the year and they don't just have horror movies. They have like psychological thrillers and action movies. There's a lot of good content from just all around the world. Um, they have documentaries and podcasts and original series. Uh, uh, my roommate M is watching the Creep Show adaptation. Yeah, I wanted adaptation. to see that. Yeah. I hear good things about it. I haven't seen it myself. Um, I started watching a series on there called Cursed Movies that is sort of a behind-the-scenes look of different movies that are rumored to be cursed, such uh, such as The Exorcist and um, Poltergeist. So that that's fun because they actually get people that are involved in these movies. Like, they get Linda Blair for The Exorcist episode, which I think is really cool. Uh, the Poltergeist episode is really sad because it's kind of shitty and disrespectful to be like this movie's cursed when like she was just sick the she was a girl very was sick, sick girl and, and the other girl dominique dunn was just murdered by her stupid boyfriend oh yeah i mean like i would have called that cursed as rather than this is just a sad series of events that happened yep they just happen to be revolving around these these movies and mm-hmm. the best part is when this guy's like why are you all freaked out about them using real skeletons it's cheaper to use real skeletons than it is to make a mold of a skeleton movies have been doing this since the days of um what's his name uh william castle (laughs) amazing yeah that's my favorite part because i didn't know that no i didn't know that either that's very creepy yeah it's it's super creepy and it's like of course it's cheaper. Like, you could just yeah. go to a college and be like, give us a human skeleton from your science department, and they'll just give it to you, and you don't have to make a mold- hire somebody to make a mold of one. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So he's like, movies have been doing this since the 30s. Get over it. <laughs> There's no curse. Um, which is very fun. Also, just the idea of an ancient Native American curse is super racist. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. But that was like every 80s movie. Dude, yeah. For real. If it wasn't about Satan, it was about some evil ancient Native American curse. And I'm like, I'd rather it be about Satan. Ah, love Satan. Love me some Satan. Yes, hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> uh, let's move on to another to... regular. Oh, yes. It's time Ready? for... Oh, oh Badland bad girl. girl. 
That's my jam. That's my jam. <laughs> it's really hard to coordinate saying something in unison when you can't see the other person. Exactly. You'll just have to deal with it, listeners. I'm very sorry. What's your All jam? Right, so what's your jam, Destiny? Oh. oh <laughs> you, okay. you go first. I went first for the movie, so you can go first for the jam. Okay. So I'm uh, taking one out from a while ago because I still listen to it constantly, but my favorite uh, dark metal techno band, Carpenter Brute, did a cover recently of Maniac, the song from Flashdance. <laughs> now that song, that song already rules, but you know what that song was missing? Death metal fucking guitars. <laughs> and it sounds so much more better. I love it. I've been listening to it constantly whenever I need a pep up. That song sounds like it should be in a horror movie. Like, yes, on its, yes. like the original should sounds like that to me. It sounds scary. And it does. So I'm really glad somebody was like, let's just make it metal. <laughs> yeah. And if you listen to it, like, like I said, I love the original as well, but it's like, it was like destined to be like a metal kind of like techno song to me. And like, I hundred percent agree with destiny. It belongs in a horror movie, not in a movie about a girl trying to make it. Yeah. In the city. It doesn't make sense to me that nobody <laughs> ever put that in a slasher film unless they yes. put it in the movie maniac, which I haven't seen, which I believe is on shutter. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it is in Maniac, but I wish it was from the movie Maniac instead of Flashdance. Yeah, but make sense. Uh, yes. Oh man, but yes. If you, I think it's on all the streamings uh, that you, if you have like Spotify and stuff. But please listen to the song. They have a video. Carpenter Brute. I have talked about them before because they have these these really amazing music videos that are set to movie clips that of obscure and weird movies and. This clip for uh, ma- this music video for Maniac is much of the same because it's it's live footage, inter- interspliced with a bunch of crazy looking '80s movies of chicks on motorcycles. Oh, and, oh my God, it's amazing! I pumps me up. We it's my pump that, up jam. We, we, we put the <laughs> show notes on our abnormal mapping uh, page, so I will make sure that that music video is there. Uh, Cause yeah, I want to see it. I want to watch it. Yes, it sounds, it's very good. Sounds cool as heck. Yeah. What about you? What's your jam? My jam. Okay, so my baby Sufjan Stevens is about to put out a new <laughs> album. Hey, yeah. I'm like when Sufjan Stevens is putting out an album, it is an event. Like it, I'm ready. I'm I'm so ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Sufjan Stevens is this sort of like. He's got a lot of, he contains multitudes. Like people remember him from doing those two albums about Illinois and Michigan and saying he was going to make an album about every state in the, uh, in the United States. But he obviously abandoned that project. And I don't know if he ever planned on doing it. Like he always says now, like it was just a gimmick and he was kind of pigeonholed as a folk musician, but he's put out like techno and he's done like classical and he's, he's, done a he does a lot of different genres and this new album is like a little more electronic than like his last album his last album was this really beautiful like folk tribute to his late mother and father or excuse me his late mother and his currently living stepfather and so this album is like this new one it's it's going to be called the ascension uh, and the single that's my jam is the song Video Game because it is just like this super like poppy uh, sort of 
I don't know what the song's about. I assume it's about him. Sort. He's kind of critiquing America right now. He's very disappointed in you, America. And he wants you to know it. Uh, but yeah, I really like this song. It's super catchy. Uh, and every single so far for the album has been like kind of in that vein of like, just kind of, I don't know what else to call it, but moody pop songs. <laughs> oh, but I love that though. Me too. That's such a good descriptor to me. It's my favorite <laughs> genre of pop is just really moody and sad and uh, angry, a little angry. A little bossy, a little bitchy. It's just, it's the best. But yeah, so that's my jam. Video games by Sufjan Stevens. I'm going to look this up because I only just recently found out about Sufjan Stevens from you. Oh, really? <laughs> Tracy. Yes, he's, I didn't know about him before. He's somebody that like when, if you were following indie music in the early aughts, you couldn't get away from him because he was kind of like, the big thing was like, he's a Christian and he releases a Christmas album every year. That's like super religious. And like, he's doing this 50 States project. So he has all these quirky songs about like Chicago and shit. So people probably thought he was like super twee and annoying, but he's like so much more than that. Like yeah, it's really reductive to be like, he's just a Christian folk singer. Cause he's not really that he's, I sound like a huge fanatic and I I guess I am, but his music is. No, I actually, there's a lot going on yeah i feel like a good comparison to him being pigeonholed in the folk genre is joanne newsom who you know released a kind of harp folk album for her first album but she also is a very talented music musician and people just don't know what to make of her music past that yeah i feel like yeah they, they don't know what to do with her and i feel like that's kind of where he's fallen in the last decade um where it's just like people don't like they just want to pigeonhole you for this like couple of albums that you did and not really embrace you as a full person and i'm not religious by any term like i'm not a christian but i will crank some sufian stevens christmas music every december (laughs) i love that i didn't know this about him either so i'm gonna have to crank it too this christmas as well Crank it this Christmas. Crank the it this Christmas. Girls. Maniac and Sufjan Stevens just blaring from my speakers. <laughs> Side note to this jam session. Uh, the Go-Go's had a documentary made about them recently that was on Showtime. And I just want to say I absolutely loved it. I loved learning more about the Go-Go's. I loved watching how they you know, made their way up from the punk scene in Los Angeles and ended up becoming pop musicians. Uh, They all have such very distinct personalities that are so wonderful. And that movie was so cool. They're cool as shit. I was watching Night Flight. They are so cool. Uh, There's this (laughs) cable access show from the 80s called Night Flight uh, that was like, a cult thing they would show like three hour blocks of videos and short films and animation and there's a streaming site where you can just watch full episodes of it uh that i super love and i just saw a go-go's video on there recently where they were all dressed in like 60s drag uh, male versions of themselves and it was so cool and uh i just i just love them i just i just want to throw that i love the go-go's I love them. I really uh, uh, like fell in love with Gina Schlock, Schock, I think. 
and uh, she is a drummer, but she has such a great personality, like just completely warm and funny and kind of like brash and in your face. And I just loved her. And I love them all. Don't get me wrong. Even Belinda Carlisle, who I thought she was really fun too. But I just like, I really like warm to that drummer. That's uh, cool. That's awesome. I don't know much about them. I knew they started out as a punk band and I, and then they became like, one of the first all-female bands to, like, get on the charts the way they did. Um, That's exactly right, yeah. For those of you who are, like, little babies who were born in the 90s, the Go-Go's were an amazing (laughs) uh, pop band from the 1980s. Yes. (laughs) They were really good. Contemporaries of the Bangles and Bananarama. Yeah. Oh, man. I like the Bengals too, but I, there's just something about the Go Go's music. I love Belinda Carlisle's voice. She's got a great I don't voice. Know what it is. She's got a great yeah. voice. I think I'm more of a Bengals fan. I'm gonna really? have to explore this. I will. Okay. Get back to you. This will be something for next week. Oh. Yeah. We'll we'll do an album head to head. We'll listen to both of their big albums, uh, Beauty and the Beat, and whatever the Bengals' big album was. I'll have to figure out what it is. <laughs> I think I just have a soft spot for the Bengals because. Prince wrote one of their big hits. Manic Monday, right? Yep. Manic Monday is a yeah. Prince composition. And I fucking love that song. Um, Dude, that song rules. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of uh, continuous week to week things, uh, we started a white women's movie club. Of <laughs> I love that this is what it's called. <laughs> of white women movie classics because we're both not white women. And we were like, what's that like? Uh, yeah. What's this experience like? <laughs> It's we're oversaturated <laughs> with it, but let's examine some movies that really uh, hit that side of wor- the world. And we both watched uh, Moonstruck over the week. Yes, I'd never seen this. Me neither. And it's like okay, it okay. was nominated for Best Picture, which I did not know. Yeah, so, she won an Oscar for this movie. Cher did. Yeah, I had never seen it before. What did you think of Moonstruck? Uh, okay, <laughs> so Moonstruck is one of those movies where it's like. I feel like every decade or so, a movie comes out like this that completely enchants the public. And then I watch it and I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, like, I get like I, I get why it's charming. and It had some charming moments and I, I liked bits of it. But it's like, this movie is, is not, like, as stimulating as some of the romantic comedies that I well, personally like. Like, the old classics like Roman Holiday and stuff like that. When you look at I the... did like... Oh, go on. I'm oh, sorry. Ahead. Uh, so this movie, for those who don't know, is Cher is, um, a late thirties, young, not young woman, but she's 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 actually in her late thirties. Yeah. She's a bookkeeper. Yeah. And she, uh, her longtime boyfriend proposes to her and then she wants him to do it the proper way because her husband died two years after she married him long ago. And she's convinced that he died because they didn't do anything properly. They were married in the town hall instead of a church. Her dad didn't give her away. So she's like, we're doomed. And and, and she doesn't love him, but she's like, we're going to do this right. Exactly. And then he is about to uh, go to Italy to um, uh, see his mom who is dying. Oh, and he asks, just as a side, the, the big gimmick of this movie is everyone's italian because it's the 80s yes yes so it's an ethnic comedy it's like isn't it funny how italian everything is uh go on yes 
So then he asks uh, Cher, Loretta, I think her name is, and he asks her to reach out to his brother, who he's been estranged from for five years. They had a falling out. So she goes and visits him, and he is, like, very hot-blooded and hot-tempered and does not want to forgive his brother. And then, of course, they end up uh, entering into an affair, and she feels herself, like, liven up for the first time, but she's also, you know, torn between doing things, like, the safe way and just following the moon, because there's all these shots of the full moon that seems to be influencing it's everybody's a, decisions. A full in this. moon every night, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I think uh, that might mean an apocalypse is about to happen. I mean, I, I it's been a while since I've watched Buffy, but that seems scary. Uh, I was the only say, full moon I care about is when there's werewolves in it. I mean... <laughs> well, what made this movie charming is that it's not just about her. It's about, like, her whole family and yes. just sort of like her dad's having an affair and her mom is trying to come to terms with it. And she has this nice night with the late, great John Mahoney of Fraser fame, uh, where like... Yes, I really like that scene. Yeah, th- them together was great. It's it's Olympia Dukakis and John Mahoney, which, ugh, acting Olympics. Um, <laughs> and uh, Danny Aiello plays uh, the fiance and he's really funny. Um, a-, a lot of the jokes I didn't get. I have to admit, I did not get a lot of the jokes. Uh, I think they didn't age well. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, one of those parts that I thought was super funny was (laughs) when she's seeing her boyfriend off and that old woman standing next to her. And she's like, do you have someone you love on that plane? She's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, well, I put a curse on that plane. <laughs> like, she's like, my sister's on that plane and I hate her. She stole my boyfriend 50 years ago. The only part of the movie I actually left out loud at was when Nicolas Cage plays the brother, which I don't think we said. And he's got his Raising Arizona hair. And Nicolas Cage used to be hot. Like, this is something people yeah, don't yeah. believe. But he used to be hot. And... <laughs> He's got this prosthetic hand and he's going on and on about how he's going to kill himself. And he goes, I can't remember the name of the girl. He goes, Chrissy, get me the big knife. And she's like, no, Ronnie, no. (laughs) How did I know that you would laugh so hard at that scene? I just knew it in my gut. Just the way she was like, no, because she knew exactly where he was going with the turn of phrase. Like, bring me the big knife. Like, I don't know. That was really funny. And then I really liked the very, very old grandpa with all the dogs. Who, I liked him too. Yeah, oh he my was goodness. Cute as shit. Um, but yeah, my favorite character in this was the Olivia, or excuse me, Olympia Dukakis character, who uh, is Loretta's mother, who's kind yeah. of just like going through it. And she's like, Do you love him? And at the end, she's like, Yes, I do love Ronnie, the Nicolas Cage character. And she's like, Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was really funny. You love him, the I drive also you just love that scene where she confronted her husband about the affair. I thought that was so different than what I see in other films, and I really liked the way it was done. It was really, like, quick and almost subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Because you see him, like, go through the the emotions of, like, first he's kind of in shock, then he's angry, and then he's accepting, and he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, two minutes of film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just two minutes of this scene before we get to the big ending where, like, Cher's about to confront uh, Danny Aiello about the fact that she's stooping his brother. Um, but yeah, overall, I did not, I like, I went back and looked at some of the 
this is just something I've gotten in the habit of doing since we've started repertory screenings again. Uh, my other podcast about movies, if anybody's interested, mm. we just did an episode on uh, the Wachowski's classic Bound. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Anyway, so we just did an episode of that, but repertory screenings. Uh, but I got into the habit of looking up like the critical opinion of a movie at the time that it's come out. That's a really good idea to do. I like that. Thank you. Movies. Uh, <laughs> so this movie was like acclaimed with a capital A. Like people were like, Siskel and Ebert were like, it was amazing. And it was the funniest movie of the of 1987. And just, I just don't think it's aged well. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's like a, a great way of putting it is that I just think that it just didn't age well very much because there are certain movies that just are timeless and people talk about them over and over and over again. And I just don't really feel like this was one of those movies. Well, the big... I feel like there were other white women movies of this time period that were more are better remembered today than this one. Well, I remember like whenever the AFI would do their like 100 greatest yada yadas, uh, 100 greatest comedies, 100 greatest uh, romantic films. This film, I want to say was in the top 10. And it's really wow. It's for that moment where he says he, uh, uh, Ronnie says he loves Loretta, and she slaps him and says, "Well, snap out of it." And to me, that scene is not very funny. It's kind of like weird. I don't know. Their whole romance yeah. is creepy to me because he's so pushy and he's so volatile. And I'm just like, girl, this guy has got red flags for days. He's got this thing against his brother for a thing that wasn't his brother's fault. He seems like 10 minutes away from like stabbing everyone, every single scene he's in. Like, why is this hot to you? You're too old to find this attractive. Yeah. The only time I liked him was when they were at the opera. Me too. Because there was that scene I really liked where they were looking at each for each other in the courtyard and both of their faces uh, in addition to people forgetting that Nicolas Cage is hot, I think a lot of people forget Nicolas Cage is actually a good actor, too. He is. And and he had this face like, is she going to show up? Is, it, is she not? And he looked kind of desperate. And then when they saw each other, it was like them acknowledging there was an attraction there. There was just a lot of, you know, nonverbal acting happening in that scene, which is so... I love that. I always love it yeah. in a movie. And I really liked just that quick scene where they just were looking for each other and you could just read all the emotions and things they were thinking on their faces. And then when they see each other, it just was like a light turned on. And I also just liked um, when she said at the beginning of the opera, she's like, it's kind of boring, but then she was moved to tears by the end. And I know exactly that feeling because I felt the same way at La Boheme when I saw it. I just, I was like, this is pretty good. And then at the end, I'm like, this is just like sobbing at the end of it. I know nothing of oh. La Boheme, but I do know Rent. And <laughs> I always cry <laughs> at the end of Rent. So <laughs> I feel like I know what you're talking about, opera aficionado. <laughs> yes. Well, this opera was uh, the only operas I've seen. Um, I won tickets for from the library. <laughs> I've never seen I won an tickets opera. twice. When I was in high school or middle school, I can't remember which they brought a production of Carmen to us. And that's the closest I've ever come to like going to an actual opera aside from like, I watch them on YouTube. My favorite opera. That's cool too though. Oh, so thank you. Uh, My favorite opera is Puccini's last one, which is called Turandot, which 
I don't even think he like lived to finish, but it is my favorite. It's about a murderous princess and it is some of the most beautiful music. And that is one I will watch on YouTube from time to time, but I'm not actually like, I don't really know anything about opera. I don't know much either. I know it's a medium that I always think I'm going to be bored by, but then when I actually sit through it, I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty moved by this. Oh yeah. (laughs) Never underestimate Um, a medium. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, but I really like La Boheme. And the other one I saw was a more modern opera. And it was called The Flowering Tree. That one also moved me to tears at the end. And I was, I don't know, what the hell? <laughs> hey, so listeners, we uh, just recently got our Twitter and Gmail back up. So I, I want more recommendations for this white women's movie club. Yes, please do. God. Because, like, we don't have to watch one every week, but I definitely want no. to, like, keep this going. Is it on a thing? I know, because it's fun. It's fun. It's very I, funny. I feel like I'm watching. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching, like, a genre of movies that I just, you know, I'm such a, like, a, a very specific type of movie watcher. I'm like, I'll watch the weirdest fucking movie, the grossest movie, but I won't watch share in an acclaimed movie from the 80s so I really enjoy this I, i'm not a big romance person my favorite yeah. romances are usually kind of like okay what's my favorite romance probably the before sunrise link ladder movies with ethan hawk and julie delphi where they're literally just conversating the entire series just two people talking for three movies straight please make another one because i want to know what happened <laughs> Uh, the, the last one kind of ended in an ambiguous place, and I need I need to know if, if there's I need to know, uh, but that's like as romantic as I get. And I like watch like the various teen romances, like a uh, Clueless. Oh, and see, they, I didn't even uh, consider that a romance. That's a comedy. Oh well, I kind of consider it a romance. It is a romance, like it is. I just I just never think of it as one because I'm too busy laughing. Yeah. And also, I thought the the romance in that movie is kind of fucking weird because she dates her stepbrother. Yeah, except I loved it, though. Oh, I, I, I was like, ew, that's a little Greg and Marsha. But I'm so busy laughing. Like, I don't care about that. Like, that's not the point of the movie for me. But I think that's interesting that you like teen romances. What's another favorite? Yeah. I know you like 16 Candles. I love 16 Candles. And see, teen romances are, are interesting to kind of talk about romances because uh, because the fact that they deal with teens, it's usually not, the romance is usually Low an stakes. addition to a bunch of other stuff that's happening in the plot. Well, it's usually a so, coming of age film that just happens to have a romance in it. Exactly. Uh, most recently, I would say uh, teen romance I really liked was To All the Boys I Loved Before, uh, which was a Netflix film. I just And I really like that one. It's a genre I have no interest in, unless it's gay. Like, if it's, <laughs> if it's two boys or two young ladies falling in love. Like, I recently watched one called Princess Sid on the Criterion channel about this, like, girl from Chicago who stays with her aunt in the country and meets this, like, cool androgynous girl. And, like, they just start this summer fling. Like, then I'm in. But usually I'm not a romance person. I don't know what it is. Like, especially if it's straight. I'm just not there. With the exception of those Linklater <laughs> movies I mentioned. And West Side Story. 
<laughs> I love this. This is such a good it's, curated romance list of what Destiny likes. It's so dumb because <laughs> it's one of those things where I hate Romeo and Juliet, but I will watch West Side Story like I've never seen it before and cry like I've never seen it before. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. That's beautiful. I love it. It's like one of my favorite, favorite movie musicals, but I think I'm more in it for the musical aspect than I am for the romance. Well, the music is really good. Because if somebody that. killed my brother, I wouldn't fuck them. <laughs> I just throw that out there. That's like my biggest problem with that movie. You weren't there, Destiny. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I guess I wasn't. But yes, if you have any white women movies that you think that we should watch, please recommend them to us on Twitter oh. and on our Gmail. Yeah, uh, it's badlandgirls at gmail.com. And then the Twitter is just at badlandgirls. Uh, I was going to say, uh, if you haven't been listening since we've been back, well, one, why haven't you? And two, yeah. the other movies that we've been watching, <laughs> uh, to give you an example, we this all started because Rhea was like, I rewatched First Wives Club. And then I was like, let's watch... Uh, what's that movie called death becomes her with Meryl Streep. And, uh, we had a really long discussion about the movie she devil. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of, we're, we're t- kind of talking. I like eighties and nineties. I like, uh, those kinds of romances. Cause we kind of have that gift of time to like, see if they've aged well. Uh, but if you have a modern movie, I guess I'm not against it. It just depends no, on what I'll you watch pick. it. But I, I hope, that there's like another like hidden gem from that era that we could find. Uh, I'm sure there's something really obvious that we're like overlooking. I refuse to watch Bridges of Madison County. No, I have very <laughs> bad memories about that movie experience and I do not want to watch it. I can't believe they made it into a play and or musical. Yeah, that's the only movie that I probably would veto. But if you have suggestions, just the whitest womaniest movies... <laughs> Give them to us. Yes, give them give them all to us. <laughs> well, friends, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Badland Girls. Yeah, um, like I said, gmail.com, uh, Badland Girls, and at Badland Girls on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You got anything going on? Oh, you have another podcast, too. I do. I just started another podcast. It's a solo cast called Comic Book Crush. You can find it at Comic Book Crush Pod dot buzzsprout.com and it's just me talking for like 30 minutes about all the comics i've read that week because i read so many (laughs) that's awesome i don't really follow comics but i'm gonna listen to that because i like you thank you (laughs) oh i like you too yay and be sure to listen to repertory screenings as well who else is on that pod it's me jackson and m Okay. So if you're already That's on good, abnormal mapping, I like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you're already into abnormal mapping and you're into, if you're on the Patreon and the Discord and you like VoIP life and you like uh, abnormal mapping proper, there's really no reason for you not to listen to repertory screenings because it's two people you love, Em and Jackson, talking about movies with moi. Yes. Ta-da! All right. We will be back in a couple weeks and hopefully we'll have a white woman movie recommendation. That's my challenge to all of you listening right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll solicit some uh, requests. Okay. But until until next next time, time, always pizza rolls. rolls. Hell yeah.